Welcome back, everybody, to We Are TPM with your hosts, Kyle Teixeira, and across from me, John Teixeira. We are back this week to talk with you about or discuss the current short-term rental market conditions as we teased you last week. So what is a short-term rental, John? I'll ask you that after I tell everybody if they want to give me a call or just, you know, discuss things or have have a talk about life give us a call 817-818-9039 choose an email at show me the money at we now john Teixeira, what is a short-term rental as opposed to a long-term rental what is a short-term rental that is such a great question and and i don't think people appreciate how good of a question that is to be honest with you because most people most people, when they pull a, a when they pull facial tissue out of a box, they choose to call it Kleenex, right? Some people, do right? That, yeah. Like a lot of people call it Kleenex, right? That's what it is. Kleenex is actually a brand name. So the brand name that people associate with short-term rentals is Airbnb, and people often use Airbnb in that same way. Hey, I bought an Airbnb. I'm doing Airbnb. I'm I'm renting an Airbnb, so forth. But there's actually tons of portals, even portals that came before Airbnb, that we use for short-term rentals. So what's a short-term rental? It's when you have a rental that you allow on a shorter-term basis than usually 31 days, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like... <clears throat> Like you said, the the Airbnb is kind of the token token phrase now. Even though VRBO is trying to trying to push, you know, your Verbo now. Um, <laughs> good luck with that one. But They've been yeah, around longer than they Airbnb. have been around longer. They missed longer. the boat on coining a term, and now they took their <laughs> yeah. uh, four four letter acronym and are trying to just make it flow as a token term. But uh, like legally, let's let's talk about that. Legally, most places in America define a short term rental as a rental um, for less than 30 days you know it, as simple as that um or but no more than 24 hours mm-hmm. interestingly enough um but yeah like you said it's 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 airbnbs it's vacation rentals it's um things you rent on reservation rather than lease right so and they have instead of tenants in them they have what we would call guests guests right yes. so it's kind of like the hospitality industry, what hotels and motels have been doing for decades and centuries is kind of what we are now doing with short-term rentals. Yes, yes. And generally, they're still residential rentals, not commercialized like a hotel and all that. But, you know, those are those are all legal terms at the end of the day. We're talking about how it's defined. So, and what we're going to get into today is the conditions of the, you know, for clarity, let's say STR market. Mm-hmm. That's our new acronym for uh, Airbnbs. <laughs> so <laughs> let's set rentals. let's set this discussion up a little bit, Kyle. A couple in a couple different ways. One, I, I bet people are curious what the current conditions are because of the changes that have happened. I don't want to say we're kind of post-COVID, aren't we? So post-COVID versus when we were in COVID versus before COVID, right? That's that's kind of one direction that we could go with this discussion that I think would be interesting. And then secondly, kind of to piggyback from our discussion last week, we had a great discussion about how interest rates are currently affecting rental rates. So we were curious coming out of that discussion, how are those interest rates or just our current economic condition in our country how is that all affecting 
short-term rentals instead of what we talked about last year, last week was um, long-term rentals. Yeah. And the reason we talk about this is, uh, of course, we are short-term rental managers. You know, we manage properties. And long-term uh, rental and managers. And long-term rental managers. That's <laughs> why we talked last week about you know, the rental market. But the, the point there is, is we've seen it, the current market conditions are interesting in uh, the STR market, and we've experienced them. But to see the the actual data, we're going to quote some data here today uh, from AirDNA, which is you know, one of the, if not the biggest data provider of short-term rental data, m- aggregated mostly from Airbnb and VRBO. As you would They're expect. definitely the most referenced. Yeah, yeah. Almost everybody uses this data source and, and references them. Yeah, and you know, this were people come to for a lot of their market reviews. So, uh, you know, conditions can be, I'd say there could be pros and cons of the market conditions, but it really have to look at it as a whole to understand what's going on. So, you know, to start off, uh, demand, you know, demand is what you'd think is one of the most basic factors of a short-term rental. If you're an owner of one looking at it, how much demand is there for my property? Well, just overall, and these numbers are in the United States, but demand is up 25% year over year versus 2019. Wow. That's incredible. Yes. I and mean, when we use 2019, because of course that was, you know, pre-pandemic levels. So for a comparison that we're actually, you know, have a higher demand for short-term rentals than we did before the pandemic. Did we recall what, what 2020 was compared to 2019? I don't have it in front of me, but it was about flat. It was, it was about yeah. flat. Yeah. So a couple things come out of that statement that are, that I think are surprising, right? Right. When, when we think about this, we're going to go through each of these bullet points. And I think as a whole, you and I understand why this is the way it is. However, a couple of things, if you just take, isolate that demand is up 25%, kind of flies in the face of what we talked about last week with our current economic conditions trending toward the R word and discretionary income going down and people having less money, but yet demand is going up. Talk about why that is. If we just, if we isolate just demand, demand is how many, you know, the, the amount of people out there looking for rentals or looking for the short-term rentals. I think there's a lot of market changes that we've seen since 2019. Uh, the work from home travel being mm-hmm. one uh, that, that really, I wouldn't say it skews this number, but it, it, it would essentially increase it that became a fad during the I think whole that was one of the one of the big things that that they attribute to this yeah yeah i mean it's it isn't just that the work from home travel idea uh, created a lot of demand for short-term rentals it also created a lot of awareness for short-term rentals mm-hmm. you know everyone's on social media like here i'm traveling the world work working everywhere. going to airbnbs blah yep. blah blah uh everyone heard about that and then anyone who hadn't already known about airbnb or short-term rentals now knows about it and gets the interest. And, you know, that's how these things grow. That's how Airbnb has grown over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that kind of segues well into what, you, what you've already said is the next point is ADRs, average daily rates. And those are up 11.2% year over year from 2021, um, 33% versus 2019. So the, to to your point, that's... That's more in line with how interest rates affect the rental market. Why would we have 
average daily rates go up year over year. I mean, the cost of everything has gone up about 11% well, demand. year over year. Demand has gone up, so the price goes up. Well, we talk about supply and demand a lot, right? So available reach listings is up 20% year over year, 8.5% since 2019. So our, our supply has only gone up 8.5%, but our demand has gone up 25%. So we get higher rates. Okay. <laughs> too much. Too much. <laughs> too much. Yeah. Let's 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 back up a little bit. I want to I want to go back to to demand real quick. Okay, demand has gone up twenty five percent from two thousand from what it was in two thousand nineteen pre pandemic to what it is right now. Right in April. These are April stats. So April twenty twenty two had a twenty five percent increase from demand in April twenty nineteen. Is what that means, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what that's yeah, how these it, stats it's year are. Over year in 2019. Yep. So yeah, yep. So we've got to simplify that. We've got way more people that are using the short term rental market than there were before. Now, part of that, and we're going to get into the, you just got into the supply part, and so I want to get into the supply part, kind of break it out separately. But but one of the reasons that that is true is our our perception of using it kind of like uber right took us a while right to get used to using uber and then all of a sudden now it's become a part of our society right hopefully it doesn't go away because because their whole anyways the separate subject but but we've gotten used to using uber we've gotten as as a society um it's become easy and our perception of using Airbnb has kind of done the same thing a little bit. I was talking yesterday to somebody about using Airbnb as if they were like, it, it was a new idea for them. It's 2022. And in my brain, I'm like, dude, where have you been? What rock have you been living under? <laughs> but there are still tons of those people, right? Just cause that's my experience. And I've been using it for, 10 years, uh, it's sometimes it's easy to forget that there's a huge percentage of our population that that's not their experience, right? And, and this, is, this is being introduced to new people all the time. So to your point, the pandemic has brought shed new light on Airbnb, but it's also made it more normal and okay to the average person that thought, ooh, gross, I'm going to go stay in a Hilton. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it's made it more um, more known of the actual experience because you know a couple of years ago or or less. I'd say it's less common now that I talk about Airbnb and people are like, uh, you know, you're staying in other people's homes. You're you know you're living with a roommate. You know that's that's how it started and that's how the you know idea probably st or did start. Um, but that's not predominantly what it is today. Mm -hmm. uh, it is predominantly things that are that are set up for guests and set up for vacation rentals or um, ideally not, you know, in a lot of cases, not just on Airbnb. So, you know, VRBO is not a place where you have room sharing and stuff like that. It's a vacation rental right. site, right? That's so if, right. If, if, it's, if it's a listing or predominantly listings that can apply to be on both websites that tells you they're they're set up for you know for guests and guest mm -hmm. stays and you know there's right. there's exceptions but um, you know the filters they have these days you can find exactly what you want so. yeah yeah 
So, so you got into the average daily rentals, uh, average daily rates have gone up, right? So that's the, and you, like you said, that's basically just because of demand, right? Mm -hmm. So, and you've got, I feel like when we look at the average daily rate and, and occupancy rate, and I'm gonna, I want to define that an occupancy rate of a unit is how often it is occupied. Right. So if I have one particular home that is 30% occupied, that means 30% of the days it was available, it was occupied. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's a pretty low number, 30%. I just made that up. But, but I see that number a lot, especially because so much of this market is run by do it yourselfers. And the difference, the chasm, of success between the professionally managed knows what they're doing, has the tools to do it, has the resources to do it properly. The, the, the level of success between that unit and the do it yourselfer that has one unit is extreme. It can be extreme. I'd argue there's there's exceptions to that. You there's know, exceptions, people, absolutely. It's but... more about doing it right. You know, it's more about knowing the market because we're talking about a whole bunch of outlining factors of a market that's very complex. You know, how do you get an average daily rate? Well, it's average, and and we're going to get into revenues, but why do average daily rates and revenues not correlate perfectly? Well, it's because there's more factors. So, um, I think. What you're saying is doing it right can can increase your occupancy rates. And if you have occupancy rate, daily rates, yeah. all this stuff, all these things we're talking about are affected by who's doing it, mm -hmm. who's managing it. Which is why host, we call them host reputations throughout mm -hmm. all these short term rental sites is so pre predominantly important, especially recently, is because it makes that much of a difference. Well, let me ask you. You know, you've used Airbnb, right? You mm -hmm. go, you go you're going to go to Austin for the weekend. You're going to try to find you a little Airbnb and there's only, I don't know, you got six options available to you because you're doing it last minute. So there's not as many options and you're looking at one that has really nice, pretty photos. Everything's clean. It's got nice counters and it seems to have all the appliances and everything you want to see is in the pictures. And then you got other pictures where, you know, they're kind of dark. You can tell they're taken with a cell phone you know, the, the furniture looks like it came from 1978 and it's still there. And right. You could just tell that, that it's the opposite extreme of what I described first, right? You're, you're going to pay per night way more for that first one and gladly do it rather than go take a chance and stay in that other one. Cause that's what you're doing. You're really gambling with, with these things. The first one gives you certainty right? For safety, comfort, and, and cleanliness, which is what's important to people. The other one, it might be fine, but you're not going to know that until you get there. There's a whole bunch of question marks. Yeah. The short-term rental game is really about information. You know, guest experience is about information that guests want confidence in what they know. They, you, you need to flood them with as much information about a property, you know, that you can give them, um, because expectation is one thing, but when you, when, when there's like, when someone's searching for a place to rent or they don't know a certain piece of information that's important to them, they're going to decide 
on that piece of information. You know, you're, you either. So are you paying more? What? Are you paying more? I'm not saying I'm paying more. I'm saying they're not even going to consider that other listing as an option. So you're paying more. So you're paying, you're, you're, you're paying what, maybe there's two options. You're picking between those two. You're not considering it paying more because you weren't even going to consider paying that price of someone who didn't give you the information of what you were paying for. The price had less of an impact on your decision is, I guess, my point. Yeah. I, I think guest shopping definitely value price after whether they're willing to book something, you know, so... If if you're picking a penthouse at the MGM Grand, you know which penthouse are you going to pick? Uh. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a product type, but yeah. but but within your product type, I think you're making a decision based on your your the experience you're going to have over Definitely. the price that's going to cost you and the experience other people have had, you know, to compare mm-hmm. it to. Yep. That's where reviews and all all that comes in. So, right. uh, you know, you, the listing you just you could have this scenario where the listing you just described has very little information has a lot of reviews with guests that give you information and maybe the other one didn't so now you're considering it because the amount of information you have has increased um in a positive way for the (laughs) for the listing you don't like but and and we're talking I'm trying to avoid going deep into the very many factors that both those no, situations involve. And I'm also uh, trying to keep this conversation simple for mm-hmm. people to understand and not get too deep. So, so the other point here that that we have, the third uh, really data point that we have here is revenue. And you already talked about this, and this is really, really simple, right? Like, there's nothing really to discuss here, but demand went up 25%. Your average daily rate has gone up 11%. So, duh, revenue is going to go up, right? And it's gone up 39%. There's probably all kinds of factors for that 39% increase, but the first two factors are probably the biggest, the biggest driving forces for that. Yeah. 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 I could say that. I mean, like, like I was saying before, average daily rate, um, you know, revenue can get up higher than that because there's other, there's other things. Maybe there's cleaning fees, maybe cleaning costs have gone up, um, or, you know, any other costs that are involved in the reservation may have gone up, but, uh, you also have weekly and, and monthly discounts possibly. So the, the term length of term length of your stays uh, can definitely cause a problem. Available listings. I'm not sure that this is as a property manager and a homeowner, and I'm thinking about doing this as an investment. I'm not sure that I care about this other than it affects what you and I call the saturation of the market, right? Like there are certain pieces of the market that we don't want to be in because it's oversaturated. And that's that's kind of what... So I'm going to take this back to what I was saying before. Perception, right? People are talking about it a lot. That's why people are using short-term rentals more. But it's also the reason why people are buying them and setting them up more. Because everyone's talking about it. Which is the reason why there's an increase of 1.25 million that's incredible. That's in the United States, but that's a big increase in supply. Yeah, yeah, available listings um, going up at a lower rate than demand is going up is still good, though. I mean that that's yep. that's still lower than demand, and you know it it makes it 
more and more competitive. Like you said, you, you, you need people doing it right. You need hosts that are doing it right. And then it makes it a better guest experience. It makes it a better host experience and just makes it a better market overall. Uh, when, when there's good competition and things are being done better and better because they have to be to make money and in a capitalist market, <laughs> you got to make money for it to work. Right. So, and you know, we talked about a lot of numbers. So, what does this all tell us is, is really what people yeah, are going to be asking. It sum it up. Sum it up for us, Kyle. Uh, I mean, this, that there's a lot of market changes going on. Mm-hmm. So we've, we've looked at some very high overall data. What we didn't talk about or drilled too high on is that technically overall oh, occupancy is down, right? Mm-hmm. Year over year. It's mm-hmm. down a very small percent, one point seven per unit. So for for on on average per unit, I think is what you mean, right? No, no, this is just overall the entire market. Well, that's looking at like the entire short term rental market in the United States. Well, you look at the sub markets of that, and I'll pull in a little bit more data. Is large and urban cities are actually up? Reca- resort and vacation destinations are down, so that's why you're getting a little bit of a down average because most you 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 know. That's your discretionary income. So people are still traveling for business, for personal needs. They're still going places for pandemic catch-up. Taking that that beach trip, that that hiking trip that maybe is kind of a dream, right? Or the river trip that or the lake trip that they might take with the family. That trip might be getting is what they're foregoing, but they're still traveling. Yeah, and I think some of the life events that got held back during the pandemic, uh, this is just this is this is shown in the data and from my personal experience managing these things, is that there's a lot more travel due to like weddings and graduations mm-hmm. and family events that mm-hmm. people are pushing and combining like, you know, maybe you'd still go to a graduation before, but now they're making it a family reunion thing because mm-hmm. everyone's going to the graduation. You know, I've seen a lot of that and that's where you're getting a lot of large city stays. Mm-hmm. Um you know, because people are going to meet up in urban areas, mm-hmm. uh, especially if they're coming from a lot of different places. And uh, there's a lot of international travel coming back. And uh, especially being in the United States, when the international travel comes back for a lot of those same reasons, you get a lot of stays in the urban areas. So just seeing a lot of that. But uh, like you said, disposable income is down for reasons we don't need to get into deeply in the podcast. <laughs> Everyone, it knows how our economy and cost of living is going. Um, but those things affect leisure items like going to a resort or going on three vacations instead of two or one va- or zero vacations instead right. of one, you know? That's right. Um, but it's just another industry where uh, you can see that the costs of those changes are being passed along to the consumer. That's where you get the higher revenues and the average daily rates going up is because, you know, it, in the in this market, they're successfully passing costs along to the to the customer. So. The good news is about this that despite all those economic conditions that we've talked about over the past two weeks, the negative, the only negative data points they're not they're not that bad, really. They're not they're not down that much. No, no. I mean, we're talking, talking single digit numbers compared yeah. to the positive factors being up double digit, very high double digit numbers Nights in comparison. Down, we're down three point six. Occupancy is a tough one to describe because there's, there's a definition there that I think is hard for people to understand. But that's down one point seven, right? 
So that just means that each particular unit, yes, it's an average over the United States, but each particular unit was occupied 1.7% of the time less, mm-hmm. right? So you, you got two less days in, in April or one less day or whatever that was booked than, than in 2019. So it's not much, really. No, it's not. And you got a lot of, you know, this, this is why we're almost calling it the changes in the current <laughs> short-term yeah. rental market. Because, you know, you got cities reopening. Um, you got some cities in, like, northeast that reopened somewhat recently where some, you know, in the southeast, it's it, they've been open and they've been attracting a lot of the short-term rental demand. Uh, like, if we were to give you all these same numbers for our area here in DFW, they'd be... Uh, significantly different in a positive way because Dallas and Austin and a lot of the main cities in Texas are are pushing a lot of these overall numbers up. Um, An interesting question for you, Kyle, because you are in these numbers all the time. And we have a lot of short-term rentals that we're doing. And we have vacation rentals and we got local rentals. So you know the market for both of them really well, right? Mm -hmm. We're in it day after day, okay? So you have a perception of what's going on based on your daily activities, right? Running our business. How do these numbers that you look at, how do they match your experience? What you thought was happening based on your daily experience. And then what surprises came out of these data points based on your, your daily experience? It's a very good question. Cause I, when I read this data, this overall data for, for April, um, it, a lot of it did match what I was thinking that, cause we do, we, we manage vacation rentals. We've talked about many times in orange beach, Alabama. So it's, it's significantly different market than, than we experience here. Um, about to open one up in broken bow. Yeah. From Oklahoma, Oklahoma, which, you know, is also an extremely different market, but, uh, I was seeing that the larger homes and the smaller city urban areas were, you know, there's still demand for the reasons I just talked about, but it wasn't as as high. It was, it was probably declining or flattening out over the last two years because the last two years actually pushed people into short-term rentals in the, um, you know, during the pandemic for, for a lot of reasons of staying close to home and all that stuff. Um, but the vacation rentals, the resort and vacation rental decline surprised me because we managed them. And I, I've... You know, that hasn't been our experience. It hasn't been our experience, but then I looked more at the market data and it made sense. It was saying the exception to this is in the southeast uh, destination places on the beach, such as Texas, Alabama, Florida, which is because that's where everyone's going to vacation right now um, because they know they can, they can freely, you know, all that stuff. They can drive there yeah. more cheaply, at least from the southeast southeastern cities at least decent weather this year you know all that stuff but um so the demand and occupancy rate we have in those areas is for the summer is about as good as you can get um so to see this data saying it was in decline was a little bit interesting until you until you dive until you dive into it and see that that's really um you know high cost resort areas and you know it really said like family beach vacation type of places are, are the ones doing well. And that's what we have out there. So that made sense uh, to see the, um, you know, the available listings only up 19% year over year was a little bit surprising to me. Uh, 
yeah, that's still a lot. That is a lot. But I feel like the last two years, I get, I get, you know, ten to fifteen times as many people asking me about starting an Airbnb mm-hmm. than I did two years ago. Yep. You know, um, and there's also now the the added question of, okay, well, what what do we do when a pandemic hits? You know, that's the new worst case scenario. Is something we just <laughs> recently experienced. So you can't be like, oh yeah, that's rare, never going to happen. Um, <laughs> just like when you go to Orange Beach and say hurricanes never going to happen but <laughs> so you have all these examples right and it being able to answer it with data or experience it helps because we we did great during the pandemic and it's because of a lot of the things we've talked about about how how you operate so mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's a demand. The demand is up year over year because it was up then. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it was up in 2020 and 2021 and 2022, uh, depending on what market you were in. So, yeah, yeah. Good stuff, Kyle. I hope, I hope that we summed this up well enough for people to have an understanding. Short term rental market, I think if we really sum it up even a little bit more generally, the market is still strong. But a lot more people are getting into it. So I would caution people this. I think you would agree with this. I would caution you with, if you're going to set one of these up, make sure you evaluate the data points that tell you whether that's a good location and whether the market is good right then for you to do it there. Because you and I, we have places that we've we've had our eye on that we want to open one up because we know that demand is so much higher than the supply. And we have other places, shoot, right here in Mansfield, we basically started the Airbnb market here and it has blown up and people are opening them up left and right and oversaturating this market. Yeah, you got to look at the submarket. I mean, it's very, it's still new. As much as people know and talk about it, it is still new, meaning you, know, you haven't had those competitive kickout years and all that stuff. But you got to look at your submarket and look at, you know, even if it's a great area for demand, no matter what market you're talking about, there's only so much demand for a product at the end of the day. Yep. You got to make sure it's not being tapped or. You, you could it could be being underestimated too. You know, we we've looked at very small markets and places you wouldn't think would make money as a short term rental, but at the end of the day, if there's people looking for one, and there aren't any, <laughs> yep, and that's a, there's a good amount of demand to meet for yep. a good price. You know, laws of supply and demand work. Yep. So those are the things you need to look at. You know, yep. I've seen out in the middle of two hours from a city in the middle of nowhere, Texas. You know, making a very good mm. good uh, amount of money off of um, call it Airbnb because they were the only one out there. So, mm-hmm. and there was a reason to go out there. Mm-hmm. So, what yeah. do people do these days when they have a reason to go stay with family in the middle of nowhere, Texas? They're going to try to stay somewhere very close nearby. <laughs> there's a city called Nowhere, Texas. There probably there? is. I'm pretty yeah. sure there is. <laughs> is there BF? You know. <laughs> Good discussion, Kyle. Great discussion about our current economic conditions on short-term rentals. I think this is something we should come back to every once in a while. I don't want to, I don't want to kill our audience with this kind of stuff, and I don't want to talk about short-term rentals too much, too, because it's kind of become a little bit trendy, and we have this discussion with people constantly, right? But in general, I think short-term rentals are still a really good investment. And here's here's my take on it: if you're thinking about doing it, a I know the difference between being professionally managed and doing it yourself. You better dive in with two feet and learn how to do this and get all the tools or have somebody professionally manage it for you because the difference in revenue is huge. 
absolutely huge. I would say twice as much. You could probably make, I've seen twenty to $25,000 a year revenue on homes that should be making $60,000, $70,000 a year. I have seen that discrepancy. Almost every time I do a search, I, I find that that find discrepancies like that. I've seen so, them making it force of what they should. Yeah. So. so do it right or don't do it, one. Two, if you're going to do it, know this, just do it. Because there's no reason why if you make a misstep, you decide you can't do that short-term rental for some reason, it's the wrong market, right? You jump into a market where there's not enough demand and you're like, oh crap, it's not getting booked. I'm barely making my bills. Fine. Turn it back into a long-term rental. You always have that option and long-term rentals are always doing good in every market. This is true. This Especially is true. furnished ones. Now you've got now you've got a short-term rental that's furnished, you should be able to get 10 to 15% more rent for that furnished rental. And keep an eye on your regulations cuz those are the worst things to slap yep. you in the face. And so they change constantly. They change don't constantly. They? Taxes, yes, it's still new. Taxes, we could do a whole podcast on uh occupancy pros and taxes. cons of short-term rental regu- regulations. <laughs> Love hey, it. they allow it freely, but they take a nice chunk. So <laughs> Love it. <laughs> We're not doing that today. But uh, let's close it out, Kyle. Yeah, for sure. It was great talking about this uh, market review. If you guys have any questions about it or want some of this data or want to talk about short-term rentals or anything else, give us a call, 817-818-9039. Shoot us an email at showmethemoney show at com, or, you know... Just find us on Facebook, Twitter, and blah, 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 social media. That was impressive, <laughs> Kyle. We nailed that. Show me the money right there. There you go. Got to do it again. Maybe you need to show them the money on the next one. <laughs> Let's do it. We'll show you money anytime you want. Make Just it email rain. us. <laughs> All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We out. We out.